Yes, you lovely people. If you're not already, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify. This is how young and dumb and innocent I was. So I signed for Man United and I've got the scarf and all the sort of shaking hands with Sir Alex Ferguson and I'm wearing city colors. Like Scorsese's kind of like this diminutive character yeah. Horrible. scowl at you. He'll <laughs> smash the ball off your face if you're a goalkeeper. He won't even try and tuck it in the corner. Yeah. You can't really work him out because yeah. you want to give him a bit and you want to kind of have a laugh with him and he doesn't want to do either and you're thinking, I, I give up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, on the bench, it flashed to me and I'd clap. I could care less. I want the team to get beat. Because the only way I can yeah, get my position get back. back. In the paper, you're getting low marks. Everyone's talking bad about you. And I'm sitting there, and, and David Moyes' name in the team. And in my head, I'm thinking, don't say my name, Jeff. Don't say my name. Like, I don't want to go out there. Yeah. We had some wrongings at Everton as well. And I think those are the ones that, that stood out more than anything. Like, he ends up coming to the training ground in the middle of the night with, like, friends. And they're in the hot tub. And <laughs> it's just like, no. you're just thinking, like, wow. Wow, you could write a book on that. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello everybody, welcome to a very special Fozcast. Not only is it a goalkeeping podcast, which, you know, everybody loves the goalkeeping podcast. They are the best ones, but we are here out in America, Philadelphia to be exact. So welcome to Tim Howard. Tim, welcome, mate. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's good chatting with you again uh, today and just an amazing day. Philadelphia, it's such a crazy city. It is a crazy city. Right, so let me put a little bit of context about where we are and why we're here. So uh, we have come out with Nike and the Premier League. You see, basically, um, it's like a roadshow. They take it out. And it's like Premier League mornings. They have all the games on there. It's like a it's like a real like festival of celebrating the Premier League. Um, because, though, of the time difference, it's a real early start. So, like, fans are arriving, no joke, at like three or four in the morning, aren't yeah. they? It's absolutely bonkers. But still... The vibe is incredible, isn't it? it? It's. I think it's because of that that the vibe's incredible. Um, you know, these are these are fans that watch our show religiously every weekend, and as you said, it's become a different sort of following because our our followers follow the Premier League uh, through the television through our show at again because America's so big. At Four o'clock in the morning if you're on the West Coast, six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning if you're on the East Coast. So they're up at all hours. You know, it, it really is a special kind of bond. So when we were able to do these fan fests, it's 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 like a, a rite of passage. They have to come. They queue up in the middle of the night to make sure they get through the door. And it, I mean, you don't want to talk about passion. It's so incredibly awesome. Like we, the amount of people we've seen today, not one person said to me, Tim, I'm so tired or this is like so long. I've, but everybody was just buzzing about the fact that they've either traveled through the night, they've yeah. took a flight here. The, yeah. the, the energy was outraged. Like I say, there was a few people um, so, so basically, the queue started from about three in the morning, yep. all right? Um, the gates opened, what, half six, seven-ish? Six. Six-ish, seven-ish. And um, from the moment we got there, wow, it was just like music was pumping. It's a different world, isn't yeah. it? DJ like, was spinning. DJ was spinning at like this is what 7 like, a.m. Out in America, it's just... Yeah, cool. Let's you crack were, on. Have a nice you time. You were on the pitch, so they had like a Nike arena, and Ben Ben was, uh, was doing some sessions. Yeah. So you were on the pitch like early doors, hey, and then when you came out... You were you you only been retired a few weeks, mate. No, so we, yeah, we did a few things with the kids and stuff, yeah. playing football. I was sweating my back out. Tim. <laughs> I was absolutely sweating my back out. We did an interview on the uh, Nike Arena as well, didn't we? Yeah. So there's me in my sweaty Nike outfit. Tim was looking a million dollars. Everybody, he obviously, was. he was uh, looking a million. It. Well, as, as you said, it starts early. Like we they, we don't coast into the show. Like the show starts, we're on air. DJ's buzzing, everyone's bouncing. I mean, they're yelling and screaming. I don't even know how they get the permit because obviously the neighbors would be woken <laughs> up. But it was, uh, it's a good show. And, and, and that vibe just gets bigger and better throughout the day. Like, they, they never, never tail off. It never, they never get drained of energy. As you said, they're, they're there for a reason and they're buzzing off it. So talk to me about the perception of the Premier League in America now. Um, I can imagine... 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was there, it's getting there, you know what I mean, all that kind of stuff. But now it seems like it's really taking off now. Yeah, and I think I think um, NBC had, had, a, had an idea and they were so innovative with that idea. They knew that the time slot was like nothing else. In America, we have 18,000 different sports and they understood that at 
five o'clock in the morning, there is no sports, right? And, and, and they really nailed it. And they nailed the audience um, and they catered to the audience. And what we, what we found is that the, the American audience, Premier League audience, football audience is so educated, so educated now. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to be spoken to as uneducated American audience. They want to be spoken to as football people. Uh, and that's and, and NBC has done such a good job of understanding the pulse of that. And I mean, I'm telling you, they are so passionate about their teams, and it, it's a different, it's a different sort of fandom because, um, as we know, uh, playing in England, you're, you're you're brought into it. You don't have a choice in the matter. Your granddad supported a team. Your grandma, grandparents, mom, dad, they supported a team. Deep rooted is the word, deep, isn't it? Deep rooted, deep rooted. Is it. it is. Yeah. And, and so you don't have a choice in that. A lot of American fans have a choice uh, because of a of a player that a U.S. player that goes over and plays mm. at Leeds or Everton or Fulham or wherever uh, any club, or they just they like a club for whatever reason. Could they be have, the shirt, or could be the like shirt, that. Could be anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they and then they pile into it with everything they have. Very American, you know. And and so they become these these incredibly educated, passionate fans, and you can't take that away from them. And so again, it it is it's part of who we are. We we we. We do it a little bit differently, but it's ours. So we'll, we'll put some videos on um, on Spotify and on YouTube of what it actually looks like in the fan festivals, okay? Um, do you ever think we could get to the stage in the UK, yeah, back home, <laughs> where we have these fan fests, where it's a mix of all different fans, all different walks of life, everybody, though, just having a good time. So, because today, for example, there was not one little hint of trouble, ben, there violence, was, nothing. There was... Wolves Forest, there was like tw- a group of 12 Wolves fans, right? Yeah. And I walked past and I think, how are you Wolves fans? Like, why are you yeah, Wolves yeah, yeah, fans? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, and there was like a group of 20 Bournemouth yeah. fans and I'm thinking, like, where's the connection there? there? A lot of Bournemouth fans but then there, they're yeah. stood next to a group of 20 Forest fans. Yeah. Like, and then, in, no thing. Yeah. Like, no, in the UK, no that's not happening. Well, it's a funny question because I think you know the answer. It will, <laughs> it will never happen. I, I, you know, we use the, we use the analogy off, off camera. Like you ring the Manchester police and tell them you want to have a fan festival in the middle of Manchester for football. For football, <laughs> they'd be like, "We'll never give you a permit. We're going to arrest you for even making this phone call." <laughs> and so, you know, you, you just—it is—it's—it's it's different. I like I, I played for Everton for ten years, and I see people there, even Liverpool shirts, and they're chanting my name and they're saying, and I'm thinking. Last time they chanted about me in a Liverpool shirt in Liverpool, it, they weren't saying my name. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's different. It's special. They um, would have been chanting your name, but it would have been Tim Howard is a, yeah, or Tim yeah. Howard you. Something to follow it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's good. It's great. Ben, Ben, today, this was this was irony, right? And this really made me smile. I saw you signing a wolf shirt. Yeah, you've got to get in the spirit of it. All, I mate. saw you signing. I don't believe it. If it's not on, if it's not on camera, it never happened. Exactly. I, yeah. I got it on camera, Tim. I, I got it on camera. Nobody cares. Like out here, it's not a thing, though, is it? Yeah, Nobody true. cares. Everybody just wants to have a nice but the time day, watching Premier League football. But the day itself, though, like today, we we knew it was going to be good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've come out thinking this is going to be a good show, and we were bowled over, weren't we? Bowled over, bowled over. Um, right, come on, let's talk about Tim Howard, the career, okay? All right, let's do it. Um, over 700 uh, career games, 121 USA caps. My gosh, that's incredible. Um, I'm going to start in 2003, though, okay? So you're playing for Metro Stars yeah. uh, out in the MLS. Then all of a sudden you get the call that will change your life. Yeah. Talk to me exactly about how that feels yeah. when somebody like Man United picks up the phones and gets in touch. Well... You know, you were at Man United as well. You understand what that feels like. I, I, the easiest, the simple story is I was a young young professional. I was doing pretty well in the MLS. I just cracked into the national team. When I say that, the full national team, I, I was like the third or fourth keeper in like a, in like a mid-January camp, you know. Um, and my phone, my hotel phone rings or something like that. And it was it was a goalkeeper coach from Man United saying like, hey, there's a goalkeeper coach from Man United and so-and-so. And um you know, we like you. We, we want to keep an eye on you. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, uh, this is a prank. Like, there's no way this is real. And if it is real, it's amazing. I can live off that. You don't have to sign me. I can just tell my <laughs> grandkids, like, man, United called. And then, yeah, and then they they just watched me a bit. They flew over, watched the national team game. I wasn't playing many at the time because, like I said, I was third fourth choice. Uh, did okay. And the rest is history. So it's a bit weird. I don't, I never, I don't, I'll never know how it really came about because I'm just some kid and, you know, it's, it's, it's Man United. They can have any goalkeeper in the world. At the time, they had Fabian Bartes in goal. Like, heck, are they doing scouting me? You know, but it, it it is what it is, and I was happy for the opportunity. So when you went over and signed and kind of signed that contract, yeah. what 
Like what we always say to people, like, what did you do that day? Like what what did you do that night? Like what I, happened? I pinched myself. I pinched myself because um I couldn't believe I couldn't believe where I was. I didn't I mean it it's it started to sink in a little bit because you know I actually put pen to paper, but like I'm still still at that point thinking this is surreal. And this is how young and dumb and innocent I was. Turned up, <laughs> so I'm playing for the Metro Stars. I'm in Boston. We're playing the Revolution. I know that's a, that's my last game. And in, in the days to come, I'm going to travel to Manchester to sign. So I thought, right, I'm going to go to Macy's. I'm going to get myself a nice shirt and tie combination to go <laughs> with this big baggy suit that I had. It's going to be great. <laughs> so I get this nice light blue shirt. You'll, you'll get the irony in a second. I got this nice blue shirt, light blue shirt, and my tie was beautiful. I had these diagonal navy blue, white, and light blue stripes. <laughs> I thought, I've nailed it. That looks great. And I've turned up, and, and only someone only – told me a couple days later that I said this is those are Manchester City colors you know so I signed for Man United and I've got the scarf and all the sort of shaking hands with Alex Ferguson and I'm wearing City colors and that I mean was that your tie basically the same sort it of was, color as it that it was this it was this <laughs> you're not allowed to touch that by the way yeah, by the way we haven't even referenced the fact that we've got the Premier League trophy sitting like that is quite literally the Premier League trophy so we've got two security guards over here Tony and Ellis all right boys John and Ellis. John, sorry. <laughs> and that's it. That's well, shambolic. Tony, John, it doesn't matter. Either way, they're going to knock us out if we touch that. You had the boys, by the way. They're, they've absolutely hooked us up by putting this behind us. And um, you've called them the wrong names. And I said it was the FA Cup earlier on. And <laughs> John's nearly taken my head off. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, you go. Uh, we, we love the thing of what do you do that night? You know what mm. I mean? When you just signed the big contract. But... I know it must be a bit different to you because it must be it have been a, such a whirlwind thing. And you yeah. say you're being about young, dumb and all that kind of stuff. But I think sometimes that's the best place to be because you just don't know what's happening. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you don't. And, and, and it's, I do. I like, I like when young players, there's a naivety about young players. They don't know what the old grizzly veterans know. They don't know what, what's behind the door. You know, we're, we're, when you get older and experienced, you've been knocked down a few times. You get, you get a bit fearful when you're young and I was just, I was raring to go. I was excited. I was nervous, but I was like, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Um, so yeah, it was, it was so, special. So what was it like that first season? So obviously you hit the ground running. Yeah. You absolutely yeah. hit the ground running. Um, won the goalkeeper of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, did really, I think you won the FA Cup that season. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what was that season like? So that I'm, I just want to kind of reference the players that you're playing with at this yeah. time. So this is United in their pomp, by the yeah, way. Yeah, this yeah. is United just about to go on and win everything from yeah. this moment on. So you're talking Ronaldo and Scolzi, Giggsy, Rio, all those kind of guys. Mm. Every, how sort of eye-opening was that with the, the quality change from going MLS to boom, Man United? It was, it was, it was huge. I had so many... So many hard lessons to learn about how to carry myself as a professional, how to how to do it, do it the Manchester United way as well, which was tippy top at, at that at that point in, in time in Europe. You know, there was only you know, the biggest club in the world. Yeah. You know, and, and every year Champions League semifinal playing in Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. So I had so much to learn. I learned some tough lessons. I got got the the you know. I, I got dressed. I got a talking to from Sir Alex Ferguson in my first game. I got Roy Keane screaming down the back of my th my neck. And it's, it's it's you know it's such a hard time. And I remember the first year I was on pure adrenaline. I was I was raw. I was a raw goalkeeper. I didn't have a good catching technique and all the rest of it. I was just a raw, athletic, good young goalkeeper. Uh, and I and I honestly I just lived off that. I lived off that. I, I I was aggressive. I tried to make aggressive mistakes because I knew I had so much to learn. But that was in the, that was in the years to come. So I literally. Just going off of general, you also don't forget the MLS season starts in January. So I had been playing six months. Solidly, yeah. So by the time I got to United and did a full preseason again, I'm, I played for 18 months straight. You know, wow. and it, it, it just be, and, and, and in fairness, Sir Alex Ferguson knew that and he took took me out of the team at times. But yeah, it, that, it was difficult, but it was, I mean, it set the foundation for the career that I ended up having. And I'm so thankful that I was able to get that early on. Yeah, yeah. What was it like working with um, Tony Coton? Because um, we, we both worked yeah. with Tony. I, I just loved it, I did. He was, brilliant. He, was a, he was a brilliant goalkeeper trainer. I mean, he had been he had been through the ranks as, as a kid and as a senior pro, and he knew it. He you know, was a proper old-school goalkeeper yeah, trainer. He was, you know? yeah. So he was really, really good. And what about that at that time? And what about when you? Uh, what about the adjustment? So obviously, you're a young, young man, and you're coming over. You're a long way from home. Did... Did that affect you? Did you have family come over with you? Yeah, so I so literally I got married just as I was getting ready to head over and, and uh, sign for Manchester United. And so yeah, it was a bit of a life change, really. You know, I'm married. We're, we're 
people getting a house for the first time in Manchester. Wow. It's just like growing yeah, up. You're just man, growing up in one guy. It happened. It happened in the blink of an eye. So it was kind of a lot on my shoulders. Um, but again, I was fully focused at that at that time. I was like, this is what I've always wanted, and I knew that. And so yeah, a, a ton of life adjustments. I mean, as you said, growing up, like it, it, it's all happening. Yeah, you're learning how to be a proper senior pro at, at the highest level. You go to a new country, just married, like everything that adulthood is happened in, in the blink of an eye. Talk to me about um, a young Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm talking like young, yeah. still yellow teeth, not <laughs> being perfectly manicured Cristiano Ronaldo. What yeah. was he like? Could you see Could you see the potential to be what he became? You know, I always say about, about Cristiano, the work ethic was always there. Yeah. I, and And... I don't even care what what the reason for the work ethic was. Was it vanity? Was it wanting to be a superstar? I, I don't know. But he worked his socks off. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, anytime I'm able to tell the story, people always see, like, the car commercials and underwear commercials and the fragrance commercials. Like, forget all that. He works, I mean, tirelessly in order to be at that level. The amount of sleep he gets, the way, what he puts in his body from a nutrition standpoint. He's always in the gym. He's always looking after himself with a physio. Like, he's always on the pitch when everybody leaves, like it, it's a joke. It's it's no surprise that you put that work ethic with that talent. I mean, greatest player. And give me some words about Scalzi because <clears throat> as soon as I signed, the one standout player, and like I say, this is Man United in their pump, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. This is them uh, just about to go and win everything. Scalzi stood out yeah, yeah. head and shoulders above everybody. So, yeah, look, I, I think you and I know the same thing. Scalzi never wanted the spotlight. Um, he didn't puff his chest out like players who want the spotlight, yeah. but he's probably he's got to go down as one of the most underrated players in the Premier League, and that's as much as much praise as he's, yeah. as he's got. He was he was as you said, you talk about the best Man United teams, the treble winning teams. All these, he was still one of the best technicians on the pitch in oh. any game. He could play Juventus, you could play Barcelona. It's frightening how good he was, yet. He flies under the radar a little bit. I know. He was just ruthless, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. I just remember him in training. Like, when he got a chance, it was no... He was not holding back ever. It was just, oh, he would give you it, and he would strike it so clean. Yeah. He yeah, was you, just brilliant. You could, you could never work him out, could you? Like, Scorsese, he's kind of like this diminutive character, yeah. doesn't want the spotlight, doesn't really want a bit of crack and a bit of banter, and yet it put a tackle in. He'll scowl at you. He'll <laughs> smash the ball off your face if you're a goalkeeper. He won't even try and tuck it in the corner. Yeah. And you're thinking, and he won't say sorry. No, either. no, he, he won't say sorry. say sorry. So you can't really work him out. Yeah, because you want to give him a bit, and you want to kind of have a laugh with him. And he doesn't want to do either. And you're thinking, I, I give up. Yeah. <laughs> Was there any players at United? But question for both of you. So obviously everyone knew at that time um, how good Scalzi was. Mm -hmm. there, was there any players that you went in? You went, wow, I didn't realize you were that good. Like any players that surprised you, they're all good at United. But mm. was there any ones that you thought, "Oh, mm. you're even better than I thought"? I think um, I'll go first, before, and then you can yeah, have yeah. a think while you're saying it. But the players who I think surprised me the most was probably someone like Darren Fletcher, mm. really? or even like a John O'Shea, mm -hmm. that probably won't ever get mentioned in the in yeah. the history of Man United as being one of their top players, the best players. But they honestly found a way and Sir Alex Ferguson yeah. found a way as well of getting this out of them and then they did it on the pitch as well yeah. and they would fill in and they would slot in and they would play in all sorts of positions, yeah. wouldn't they? Yeah. But they could do the job and it's like they knew that the players around them were better than them but they would work their socks off probably a little bit harder but they honestly, they were amazing at what they managed to do at that time. Wow. That, but that's that's the genius and I'm going to forget names but, that, but that's the genius of Sir Alex Ferguson because you look at the trouble winning team that he built probably the one before that, the team you and I played yeah. in. And then he always had players that might not even get on a team sheet at, like, other clubs. Mm. Yeah, but big game. Phil Neville, uh, Phil chopped my head off for saying this, right? Like, there was a big game. It was Man United Arsenal. You know the first name on the team sheet? Phil Neville, because he was going to do a job. Yeah. It was a big game. It was a big moment. He was going to pass the ball to a red shirt, and, and he was going to play solid. So John O'Shea, Quentin Fortune, you know, the Darren Fletcher – as much as Fergie over the years always recruited well and had the world's best players, he always had his lieutenants as well. Yeah. He always, he always he, had little, Even Jason Park. Oh, like, yeah. Jason yeah, Park, yeah. don't get me wrong, still a really good player, proper player. Yeah. I can't put him down like that, but he knew what he was going to get from Jason oh, Park. Yeah, so the big long. games, G was starting. He, he played, the, it, Ferguson always played them in the massive games. Correct. He always played Correct. Darren Fletcher, Jason Park. Correct. They were the two big Correct. boys all the time. In the, in, the, in, the big, in the big games, in the big moments when he needed 
when he know he, he didn't need a ten performance, but he know he needed a solid seven or eight. Yeah, he was getting that. For me though, it, when the the when you talk about the one standout player, never saw it before clearly, never saw it again, and I don't know if I'll I'll ever see it. But Roy Keane, yeah, as a captain, as a he, he just was. He was cut from a different cloth. He saw the game in a way how how it's how you're supposed to be a footballer. What what is a, what a footballer is supposed to do and and act? He did it. Yeah. He, he did it. He, he was you know ruthless isn't the word. He was the epitome of a captain of putting the club first of always competing. You know that. Yeah. Always competing and training. Always caring um, about winning. It was it was just he was. He's, I still I, I lean on him all all the time. I still text with him, and he's just like a. I mean, he was a savage. He was yeah. an he was an absolute savage. <laughs> a, a, a brilliant footballer as well, by the yeah, way. But really like, good. but like, you couldn't even, you couldn't, you couldn't care more than he cared. As yeah. he's a, he was a he was an amazing captain. You couldn't find a chink in his armor, could no. you? Like he never had a day off no. ever. So when he's at football, <laughs> he was on it, and he was just horrible and scary. But did he? But did he, he was incredible. Did he? Because you said about caring yeah. and, and whatnot. Did he care? Not from a protective element, because if someone was to go after one of his players, yeah. he'd be he'd be in there. But did he care on like a personal level for as a team captain for the players underneath well, him? Oh yeah, yeah. It's funny I was, you you say this. So. Most like most players, I was deathly afraid of him. You know, I, I, I've I've learned that he's just an ama he's an amazing human being. But I was deathly afraid of him. And I remember first year, like it, it, seeing what I saw in training, he probably laid into me as well. And then my missus ended up traveling back to the states, and I was on my own for like a week. And he said, "Uh, he said, uh Teresa's gonna cook dinner. You want to come over and ha have a bit of dinner?" And I went, and I was like, uh, I think I came up with an excuse because I was like, I, I can't, I can't go, I can't go have dinner. He was like, There's no way I'm having dinner at your house. I'm frightened to death of you. But like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he does. He cares. He cares a lot. I love that. Um, all right, so uh, going to fast forward to 2006. So um, this is a season Edwin van der Sar signed. Mm. Okay, so this is when me and so I signed in that year as well. Edwin van der Sar uh, signed when. When another goalkeeper, so you, when you're kind of the first choice goalkeeper, I think it was you and um, Roy Yeah, Roy Cowell, sorry, at the time. When a, when a goalie, someone like Van der Sar starts getting linked with the club and you know he's coming in, do you kind of just think, oh, the writing's on the wall, you can just sort of see what's coming? Or do you think, no, do you know what? I'm st I'm, I'm up for this, I'm going to go for this. Uh, no, I think, I think you know. I, yeah. I don't believe in any, I don't believe in any goalkeeping myths. I don't. Because I, I, because I've I've lived it and I've I've busted all those myths, good and bad. I don't I don't I can tell you from experience. No goalkeepers ever pushed me. Yeah. You know when I, when I was at Everton and I was the number one for ten years and I saw someone comes in to bring competition. No, they don't. Because if I'm my best on my day, if I if I start focusing on what you're doing, I lose focus on me. Never. Yeah. Um, if another goalkeeper played, I wanted him to get pumped. I could care. That's my position. Yeah. I, uh, on the bench, they'd flash to me and I'd clap. I could care less. I wanted the team to get beat because the only way I could yeah, get my position get back. back in. You wanted to play. Yeah. And, and so when Edwin came, I, even though I was young, I, I knew. Yeah. I, I, things weren't great for me at United, and, and I knew uh, why he, he was one of the best in the world. Uh, and, and, and so Alex Ferguson, you know, he rang me. And to be fair, he didn't really sugarcoat it. He said, like, bringing Edwin in for a bit of experience and blah, blah, blah. And, and then the rest was a bit of a... A blur because yeah. I didn't believe any of the rest of it, you know. And, and I yeah, as soon as you understood. hear those first yeah. words, I say that'll do. Yeah, I understood. Yeah. It was great. It was great for me. I learned so much from Edwin, um, technique-wise. He's a brilliant, brilliant technique yeah, as a goalkeeper, and a lot of it in the hands position and all that. Uh, just from watching him in training and 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 going behind him and, and doing doing drills, I learned so much. You know, and I credit a lot to him. He just knew how to be a goalie, didn't he? Oh, he just knew how to be a goalie. Yeah. It was lovely, isn't it? He was. He was. He was, he was top, top goalkeeper. <laughs> lovely bloke as well, wasn't yeah, he? Was. Like he just sort of he would breeze in every day. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah. Even his goalie was the same. He was just breezing in. Because yeah. <laughs> you, you came in at the same time as Edwin, didn't you? Yeah, I came obviously in the same, yeah. that was you're coming in with a very different. You're you're young and raw, I guess. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. like when Tim came in, I didn't get to see the dynamic because I was kind of farmed straight out on yes. loan to to Watford. Actually, funnily enough, that was the season when. So you've gone straight out on loan to to Everton at yes, that point. Yes. Yes. Um, and then I've gone out on loan to um, 
to Watford. We got promoted that season, yes. and then the very first game Correct. of the next season was Watford Correct. against Everton. At Everton in yeah. the sunshine. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. that was it. Yeah. yeah, two. I remember it as well. Two one, two one win for Everton, and I think it was Andy Johnson scored a deflected yeah. stinky. It's goal amazing because we were doing like our that. research, Tim, yeah. and um, <clears throat> and I said to Ben, we we looked at that. St- you had your phone out, didn't yeah, you? Looked yeah. at the stats, and we went. So you've got two Man United goalkeepers yep. playing against each other, yep. opening yeah. game, and neither neither one of them are playing for Man United. Yeah, right, right. Know, it's, yeah. crazy. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going back to Van Sar quickly as well. Um, he actually told me a story once as well. We said um, he said Ben, I remember being at Juve, and um, he said and I was doing really well. You know, got to the the end of the season, just again done a fantastic season. He said, but at the start of the next season, we're getting linked with Gigi Buffon. Um, and he says that, that I've gone in and said, listen, what's happening with Gigi? And they were like, well, we're not sure yet. You're not sure. He said a few days past 55 million pound. The deal's gone through. We've signed Gigi Buffon. And I've gone in straight back in again and gone like, guys, what's happening? Like, you know what I mean? What's happening with G? And they've gone. Listen, Edwin. Like, don't worry about it. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna judge it on merit. All right, we're gonna judge it <laughs> no, on merit. Right, and he's gone. You just spent. You just broke two million yeah, euros. The world record for a goalkeeper. Yeah. You spent fifty-five million euros, whatever. And you're saying you're gonna judge it on Correct. merit. All right. Yeah, sure. True. You know, don't you? As soon Absolutely. as the writing's on the wall, you know. Absolutely. Get me out of there. Let me go out on loan yeah, and yeah. stuff. Um, right. So we signed for Everton. So, oh my God, I'm just looking at these Everton stats here. By the way. Um, 200, how many games is it, Tomasi? Everton, 329. 329 appearances for Everton. But the one stat I love, all right, and this is massive, okay? 210 consecutive yeah. Premier League games yeah. for Everton. What? How do, how do you manage to get yourself in a state, in a... It must be the stage of your career. Don't know what it is. You tell me where you can play 210 games consecutively mm. without getting injured or missing one. Loss of form, anything. Mm. You just do it every week. Yeah, you know, Ben. Honestly, that's 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 one of my one of my my favorite stats. It's the one that means the most to me. Um, being a good teammate, being accountable, being there every single week—that's massive to me. Are you gonna play well in every game? Nah, you'll play well in a lot of them. You hope if you, that's why you play that many. Be, being able to 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 be counted on, you know. And I I say to people all the time, there were times where you you know this. I'm, I'm preaching to the converted. Your form's terrible. Every time the ball comes near you, Gladys Street, they're they're like, ooh, you're getting getting in the paper, you're getting low marks, everyone's talking bad about you. And I'm sitting there, and and David Moyes' name in the team, and in my head I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, don't say my name, God, for Jesus, don't say my name. I'm like, I don't want to go out there. Bang, Tim Howard. All right, well, got to muster up the courage and go out there again. And um, oddly enough, we we had a a cup replay against Oldham at home. This was snapped this streak. And... uh, Again, try and look after myself, eat right, sleep right, do all the right things. There's a bit of luck involved as well, uh, shouting away and not coming for too many crosses and getting clattered. <laughs> but funny yeah. story, bro, I, so I, I went up for a cross uh, and I got undercut and I landed flat on my back. Um, and it was, I think it was Oldham. And I, I ended up not, I ended up struggling, struggling big time. Adrenaline, adrenaline wore off. Really got out of bed, had an MRI, had this test, I had that test. Nothing came back. I said, I said to physio, I said, I gotta be honest, we need more tests because this ain't right. And sure enough, I, I broke two uh, non-weight-bearing bones in my back. Oh, and uh, and it broke the streak. But funny enough, because I was so, I was so, it wasn't even a streak because I didn't I didn't know the number at the time. But it was so this feeling of letting my team down because yeah. you've been there so many times. I said like I can make it, and, and also. For me, not playing wasn't an option. The physios knew, like whatever's in that bag, get give it to me, get me to the match. I'll I'll, I'll make it through. And I did a I did a fitness test with my physio. Tell the story. I did a fitness test on on Goodison Park pitch, and, and I'm, I'm trying to do a bit of this. And I even might like, like dove a little bit. And I just said, I finally was like, I can't go today. And it was the first time in that many games. But I was so I was so dialed in to being accountable and always always being available. It never went through my mind not to be available. I've broken back. But. So with like 210 games, you know, that's four or five seasons. Yeah, yeah. Out of those games, what percentage of the time are you fully fit, like 90% to 100? Or w- within those 210 games, were there days where you got an injection or, you know, you had a anti lot of flams. anti-inflams? Yeah, it's a good question. I, look, I, and I, I don't know where the line is on this. I, you're never 100%. Nobody Never is, are they? Ever, ever, ever. You can't. I don't. I don't think the. I don't think the being a, a footballer merits. If you're asking me that, I you ask me. I got to be at training at pretty much every day. You're asking me to give full effort in training because that's what a good teammate does. That's what. That's what a, a top footballer does. 
and I have to prepare and be ready for the match, it's probably it's an impossibility that I'm going to be 100 percent every weekend. And so, yeah, you, I, I think you get through it. Uh, I think that um, if if you listen, you learn a lot of lessons. And, and a dear friend of mine who's a who's a physio said to me, and yes, it's t- tablets and injections, but he said to me that the the one thing I don't have in my bag is adrenaline, and only mm. and only the the whistle will blow and you will get that. And it's a real, it's adrenaline's a real you, drug. Wait, you just read my mind. Do you tell yeah. your story in a second? Yeah. I was literally about to ask you that exact okay. question. Okay. Was adrenaline a thing that once that game kicked off on yeah. three o'clock on the, yeah. on a Saturday, it was like the, the wonder drug. Yeah, like, it, it is. It is. And if you could bottle it and sell it, you, 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 you'd never work another day in life because it, and, and I, and I took that on board. My point is when, when I listened to my physio say that, and then I, I realized, wow, this is a real, this is a real drug. This adrenaline what it did, it then allowed me to get myself to the game. Say, oh, I don't mm. feel great. I don't know if I can play. Yeah, but you won't actually know that until that whistle blows. Yeah. If you can get yourself to that whistle, the rest will get you over the line. And so, yeah, it is. I don't know if you're ever full, fully fully fit. I, I think they're – and everybody's different. We're all different human beings because the bottom line is I we play with plenty of guys who they'd rule themselves out on Tuesday. Yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah. For uh, various reasons, so. that didn't matter what that injury was. That, it didn't matter if they're ruling themselves on a Tuesday. It's because they don't want to play. Correct. Yeah, and Fair it's enough. not that's that's could be the injury, but that, I'd say that's more to do with the head. Like I say, I think you have to go out there on the Saturday and you have to wait till it's near enough kickoff, and mm-hmm. then that's when you can make the decision, Correct. can't you? Because that's Correct. the only time when your body starts to fill with that little wonder drug of adrenaline, mm-hmm. and you go, "Yeah, I'll do this today." And the yeah. amount of games that you get through, don't you? Where you think, yeah. I, "I didn't even feel it." I you genuinely didn't, didn't even feel it. It's true, and and all as well as adrenaline. Maybe it's all this. It's all part of the same. Fear, fear is also an amazing thing, yeah. right? Because it's like when something hurts, and now you have the fear of performing and the fear of the crowd and what ifs. That it takes your mind off of everything else, right? Because you're so you're so incredibly focused. Goalkeeping is a lonely place at oh, times, isn't it? <laughs> it's the loneliest. Like you said a minute ago, there where like you you've had times where you're having bad performances oh, and it's week after week just something bad happens yeah. to you and you think, oh God's sake! Like yeah. I had a look that way around the defender and he put yeah, it that way. Yeah. And it's like that's just my look at this moment course, in time. How what, how did you find the best way to get through those dark mm-hmm. periods where? Just stuff where it's not going your way mm. week after week. Yeah. Uh, look, another another hard truth is is simply this. You talk about all those games I played. There were there were what did I play seven hundred some odd games. There yeah. were a couple hundred games where I I always wanted my team to win. Where I literally wasn't in a good run of form, and I just said my my sole focus, Ben, was getting through the game. Yeah. Pass to a blue shirt. Yeah. Keep it simple. If, if it needs to go into rose, keep it simple. Don't come looking for crosses. It's better. I would have the conversation. It's better for Jags, you know, Phil yeah. Jagielka <laughs> or Sylvan Diston to get out jumped and the guy to bury a header in the bottom corner than for me to come fishing for a cross again and then knock it in. So simple, basics. And if we lose 1-0 and I didn't make a mistake, I'm going to put that in my back pocket as a good performance. And, and, and it had to, I had to get through a certain period of games until I found that form again. Um, Tim, you're a member of a um, exclusive little club, in the and you wish you were in that club. Ben. <laughs> I'm in the opposite club. I've, so what I'm talking about here is basically Tim has scored a Premier League goal. Oh, yeah. He has got, he has, he has notched in the Premier League. It's my, it was my one thing that I wanted to do before and you I retired. Nearly did. I, like I say, I'm on the opposite side. Yeah. But I've been scored past, right? Uh, <laughs> it is not a nice feeling, but. So I want to know what it feels like to actually score. Like that's bonkers, isn't it? The goal I mean, was banging, by the way. <laughs> it was so windy. Well, it was a windy night in. Was it Wigan? No, no, it was, was it at home. Was it was it at home. home? It was at home. Yeah. Bolton. Yeah, Gale Forest win. And you have a rocket of a left foot. I'm surprised you haven't. You didn't score. Uh, I don't know what it feels like, man, because I, I don't. Never did it before. Never did it again. And in the moment, it was so surreal and weird that I just was like, you know, look, it was. I mean, it was a. Another dodgy back pass from Sylvan Distant. I was ready for it. <laughs> I knew the bobble was going to come. It was gale force winds, and I just took my, stuck my foot through it like I did a thousand times. And, you know, our striker chased it down. Goalkeeper made a bad read, and it went over. It was just <laughs> weird, it was horrible. Man. It poor, was weird, Poor man. Adam Bogdan. You Adam, just see him man. looking at the ball going, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, once it caught that bounce, it was game over. It was like, wow. <laughs> you blamed uh, Danny Shitty for yours, didn't you, Ben? It was Danny Shitty who spoke, mate. <laughs> he went to head of it and then went, yeah, unlucky. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? I, I watched that well. the other day. I, I, it was um, every Premier League goalkeeper's yeah. Uh, goals. Yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, <laughs> something on, um, on social media I was watching, so I saw both of them. I still get tagged in it every year. Yeah, yeah. Every year. Do you know what? Yeah. I watched it and you could see it. 
Yeah, you, you could, could say it. it. Oh, you no, could you say, could it. say it. So yeah, Danny, come on. Uh, Tim, you played at a time at Everton where you had some pretty legendary players. Yeah. You've me- mentioned a couple already. Sylvain Distan, yeah. who I think <clears throat> gets, is criminally underrated. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Like criminally <clears throat> underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to us about some of those players and... Um, Go on, give us a shout. Shout us a few out. I haven't give got them written down. <laughs> so, uh, like Timmy Cahill. Yeah, we, so we yeah. put a Mikel Arteta. Yeah, yeah. Oh, would you play with Mikel? Stephen Pienaar. Yeah. Stephen Pienaar. Oh, wow, yeah. Leon Osman? Leon Osman, Yakubu, yeah. Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines. So the cool thing about... Uh, cool, the, the amazing thing about Everton, credit David Moyes, um, who is just... If he, if, he, if he brought me to the gates of hell, I'd run through it for him. He is wow. brilliant. He's brilliant. And... It was at a time, and you know football, football moves quick and it's a business and it's a business on both sides and that it's a great thing, don't get me wrong. We had such stability at Everton. When you look at, you know, and I don't know how often this happens, in my time at Everton, um, in the 10 years and then the one, and then successfully after I left, um, uh, Tony Hibbert had oh, yeah. plus 10 years, Leon Osmond plus 10 years, myself plus 10 years, um, Leighton Baines, Jag Yelka, and now Seamus Coleman. And so those are all consecutively, you know, that's that's seven or eight players that David Moyes signed or brought through, you know, the youth team that have carried on. I mean, I just don't know where that happens, where you're talking about like a regular at a football club. week in, week out. Week in, week out. Some of these are captains as well that, that for, you know, eight players, it was special. And we had, you know, it was a time where we we were tough to beat. And then David Moyes you know, would spend his money very um, responsibly, and he would bring in a couple match winners, you know. And yeah. again, he, he he did it right. He, he's not going out to get the best player in Europe. He's you know Stephen Pienaar changed managers at Borussia Dortmund. He fell out. Boom, he comes to us. You know, Mikel Arteta brings him from Rangers. Obviously, the Scottish connections that uh, David Moyes had, and he always just had. He always just he knew he couldn't. He knew he couldn't get it wrong because the way that we spent at Everton. It wasn't huge. A lot of times we had to sell in order to buy. So we knew we couldn't get it wrong. And so we spent months and years deliberating on players, but he always got the right one. And was there any players, again, similar to United, was there any players that you came and you thought, that surprised you and you thought, wow, you are a baller. You're another level. Uh, <clears throat> Pinar was. Pinar was special. And obviously that, that connection that he had with Leighton Baines. Um, we had some wrongings at Everton as well. And I think those are the ones that, that stood out more than anything. Like, like just... <laughs> name mean, names. Yeah, I will. Names. Got all the slang words. You know, uh, all yeah. the slang words. It's brilliant. I, I will name names. Like, like, like we had, we had the two that stand out are one was horrific. Royston Drentha. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah. God, yeah. So, Real Madrid. Real so, Madrid. We're, we're, yeah. So, we're thinking like, we're, we're, we're there. We're everything. I just told you who we are. I just told you our blue, blue shirts, rolled sleeves up. These are just like worker bees, you know? In comes Royston and like, Rolls Royces to the training ground, <laughs> balls in with his shoes untied. He gets, he, he's having to run the perimeter of the of the training ground because he he's always late. His eyes are half open. He, it's like and thinking, what are you? You're just at Real Madrid. What are you doing here? This is weird, man. He, he ended up bringing like, I guess you never heard of CCTV or something. And <laughs> he ends up coming to the training ground in the middle of the night with like friends and they're in the hot tub. And then, it's just like <laughs> no. you're just thinking like. You're at the wrong club here, mate. And then, and then at the end, fair play to Roberto Martinez, who I love as well. Brilliant manager. Oh my god, like tactically one of the best. He ends up bringing in Samuel Eto, and I'm thinking, I, th- I was thinking again, mate. I think you're at the wrong club, by the way. Oh, I wow. think you're at the wrong club with the watches and the cars. I mean, I think he's one of the richest footballers yeah, ever played. Yeah. And I was thinking, this ain't the dressing room for you. You know what I mean? Because like he's, he's, he was in the he was in the Abramovich Chelsea dressing room where every, everyone's putting their watches on the table. And I'm thinking a lot of lads here, mate, who don't really care that you have a watch or a car. You know what I mean? So those are the two. But Royston, wow, wow, you could write a book on that. Getting his family in. No, yeah, it's strange, man. Wow, getting chef to cook him up. Was oh, that's did you so good. We, did you play with Landon Donovan? Yes, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was there with two long, two long spells. Yeah, because he he was kind of obviously yourself, Brad Friedel from goalkeeping point yeah, of view, yeah. but he was a trailblazer for. Yeah. Uh, like outfield players, players, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he was, was, br- he was, and he was brilliant for Everton because, again, it was one of those like, it was only on loan. It was a short period of time. You knew the beginning, you knew the end. David Moyes loved him, and he he was just a he was a, he was a different class. And so he came in, and it wasn't really no like betting in period because he came what like January one, yeah. and he had to leave by March something. So it was only going to get eight, nine, ten games. 
Um, he was brilliant for us, and the fans loved him for that. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> 10 years at Everton. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've got only good things to say about Everton. Yeah. Um, left as 37-year-old, went to Memphis, back to the MLS. Okay, yeah. what was the difference then from leaving the MLS sort of, mm. what, 10, 13, 14 years prior, mm. and then coming back? How much had it improved? Yeah, so I was so signed with Colorado, the, the Rapids. Sorry, yeah, yeah Colorado, yeah. 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 Um, the difference, was, it was amazing, the difference. So... 96 was the inception, I think, of, of Major League Soccer. I signed for the MLS in 98, played five years, and then went went to uh, England. And in that time, before I left, there was only one football-specific stadium, right? So everyone else played in NFL stadiums or, uh, or okay, college yeah, grounds yeah, yeah. or whatever. And when I got back, and I obviously saw the transition playing for the national team, when I got back, Every, I mean, so many teams. Basically, it was pre, it was a prerequisite. If you're going to own a team, if you're going to buy a franchise, you must have stadium rights in place. So they already had done that in terms of creating this atmosphere. And when I left, soccer was was very much a we go to an away game, not a big crowd. Everybody wanted your autograph. It didn't matter if it was the away supporters; they were just happy to see soccer. When I got back, it was horrible in the best way. You'd go to Seattle and they hated you, and I thought. This is what I'm, yes. what I'm used to. This yes. is what I like. You bring out more of this, like a proper football atmosphere. So, um, in that sense, it changed. You, you know, the, the these supporters groups had formed. Um, you know, certain pubs near the ground would be official team supporter pubs. Um, they had supporter sections. They, they were filling these stadiums. They had their own stadium. So soccer basically became, got an identity in the time that I was away, and it, it was brilliant to see. So. Um did another, what, three or four years? I think yeah, it was three or yeah. four years back here in the MLS. Eventually hanging up the boots. Was it, what did you kind of, what was it that made you make that decision? Because we've had a few, I've had a few sort of retired yeah. footballers on. And I always like to know the exact moment or the exact point. Was there something that happened where you went, that'll do now, yeah. that'll do? Uh, well, yeah, two answers to that. So I always kind of, 40 felt like a good number. And when you get it's to- a good you, number, yeah, mate. When you get to our age, it's just like, I don't know what makes that decision. I'm lucky. I didn't have any career-ending injuries. I didn't have any of that. So I was kind of able to be like, oh, I'm going to sign this contract. 40s always felt like a good number. I've kind of had my eye on that for the last decade. And then I get to the, I get to my late 30s, and my, my current contract takes me to 40. I'm like, this, this works. This feels good. Um, I wanted to do it on my own terms. I felt like I deserved that. And, um, and so that was basically my, my contract was running out. You know, I announced it at the beginning of the season. Like, I wasn't going to renew my contract. Yeah. It was done. Uh, I will say, though, that leading up to uh, my last game was probably like five games before the last game. Uh, we played it, played in New York. We had actually a new manager, old manager, got a new manager. And his first game, we won. We're in uh, at New York Red Bull, which was my old former club. And uh, Bennett had all gone wrong. And I never had, you talk about injuries, never had injuries. I have all these muscle injuries, and I'm, and I'm like taping myself together, and I'm kicking. So I end up, <clears throat> end up starting the game. And I'm, and I'm not even training at this point. I'm, like, yeah. training, like, Monday or Tuesday. And, then like, I'm just on the bike. And they because I'm a, a veteran and a captain, they They'll know let you do it. I'm going to get to the yeah. game and I'm going to perform. And then I'm, I'm kicking right-footed and I'm, I'm diving. And now my, now my right groin is hanging off my calf. So I'm, I'm going to kick left-footed. This is throughout the 90 minutes. Wow. So I kick left-footed. Now that's starting to hang off. I'm like, well, I got to go back to the, to the right. But I this is this this thing's going. I got, something's going to – my hamstring, everything's hurting and – and I remember we, we won two nothing. I got to the dress. My goalkeeper coach in Chris Sharp in Colorado, brilliant, top, top, top. And I got I got in the dressing room, and the dressing room was buzzing. And I'm sitting there, and I'm bawling my eyes out in, in my towel. And he looked at, and he came over to me, and he said, "You're done, aren't you?" I said, "I'm finished." No, it was it was that moment. Wow. I ended up going on to play like another two games at the end of the season because my last game I took a month off. But but I, I, he knew it. I looked at him and said, "I I, I, got, I can't even, I can't get out on the field anymore. I can't even." Form. So that was it. That was there it. you go. Wow. There we go. That's, that's, really. what, that's the answer that we always want. Honestly, yeah. it's the one moment. It was a moment. It was. It was a single moment. Yeah. I love that, Tim. Yeah. Talk to me about the World Cup, okay? Yeah. So uh, not far away now. Mm. Um, America in England's league. Mm. So um, the England game is actually the day after Thanksgiving, okay? So I've done a little bit of research. Actually, one of my American friends <laughs> yeah. told me this today. Um, he said that the, uh, the England... USA game is the day after Thanksgiving. Yep. And the day after Thanksgiving is normally like a huge sports Black day. Black Friday, yeah. It's a huge sports day. However, there's no sports on that day, yeah, yeah, yeah. apart from the England-America game. So We blocked it off. Theoretically, then, this could become one of the most watched games yeah. in American history, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it, incredible. It, it probably will be, given why we're here, that the, the the importance and the enormity of what the Premier League is. Yeah. We understand as as American football fans, we went, we know all the players. We know we know how big England is in terms of on the world stage. So, other than also coupled with the fact that the U.S. men's national team is hugely popular, I would imagine that the viewing figures will be will be shattered. What are your uh, hopes for the USA men's team this uh, this World Cup? Um, it's a weird one because I think I could see them getting out of the group, and I can see them not. It's it's a strange one. Look, I, I, I the first game against Wales is the most important in my in my experience in World Cup. Four points could get you through. You have to be in with a shot on the last day. Yeah. So they have to. They they can't walk away from the Wales game with no points. Yeah. If they get Three brilliant happy days. Huge. If they get one, I don't see them getting a result against England. But again, that's okay because they, they then go into the last game against Iran, knowing that some of the math have to work. When you ha- when you're on four points, that you need some other things to go your way, but you can get through as the second team on four points. So it at least gives you this, you know, because if if you don't get the result. The first game, it's just like you're almost like dead Back man walking kind of wow. thing, and you don't you want to get to that third game still with like we've got it all to play for, and that'll give them huge momentum. And we can't talk about World Cups without talking about 2014. Yeah. Um, so playing against Belgium, mm. right? Um, unfortunately, went on to lose the game. Yeah, yeah. However, set a World Cup record, right? Belgium that game had 39 shots, right? 18 of them were on target. <laughs> 18 of them were on target, saving 16 of them. What, uh, what are your memories of that game? That's just <clears throat> mad, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. Um, and and, I, and I'll, get, I'll get to mindset in a second because obviously as a goalkeeper, you'll, you'll understand this. But um, I, I had a good season pr- prior to the World Cup. I felt like I was in good form. The team was in good form. It was the best that U.S. team that I played on. Um, and, yeah, that's Belgium's golden generation. Did they ever – Reached their heights. We'll see at this World Cup, but I mean, the players they had were unreal, and and they battered us. But uh, it was backs to the wall stuff. Made a ton of saves. Felt in really good form. You know, when I was growing up as a kid, Michael Jordan was everything. Still is. And he talked in in a playoff series in the '90s. He said I was in the, I was in the zone, and I think it was kind of the first time sports people had ever heard that. And then they've obviously since broken that down. And what did that mean? And he just talked about like things slowing down. And when I think about the game, Ben. I remember smells and like they were wearing red and there was these blurry red shirts, but you're following the ball. I don't remember a lot from the game. Obviously now I see the highlights, but I don't remember a lot in the game. But it was all just kind of you hear the murmur of the crowd, the smell of the grass, you see the you see the the, the players. But it, it was just it, I was just kind of in in flow and it felt good and I was making saves and some of them were lucky, you know. But after the game, I did an interview, and they said, "Oh, you said." To, I said, "I said I didn't know." I said, "How many of the saves did I have? I had no idea." I was because people often ask me, and, and I say this as a goalkeeper: our job is to put our players, our defenders, in a position to make sure that shots don't happen. Mm-hmm. Secondarily, if they happen, our job is to save it. Once we make that save or don't make that save, our job goes back to making sure our defenders are in positions to stop, right? So that's just a continuum. So nothing changed. When De Bruyne got down to one side, I talked to my center back, said, show him here, do that, and we go on. And, and so it was never like, well, now we're getting pelted, and I'm just going to stop doing what I did. It's <laughs> yeah. just this continuum of trying I've to – I've made eight saves. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. It, that's right, right, it. right. So you're always ho- – because we're always thinking as a goalkeeper, we can solve this problem, and – if we don't solve the problem, we still have to be a part of the solution continually yeah. until the game's over. It's a nice feeling, though, when you have made those first eight saves and then you get this, like, yeah, like I can't go wrong today. Yeah. Like, that, <laughs> like, you don't get many of them, do no, you? Yeah, yeah, if yeah. Right, your whole career, you won't get many of them. But when it's going for you and you are making these saves and, like, you just you might even be in the wrong position, but the Correct. guy scuffs it and Correct. you still manage to save it. Like, And that was just that game, wasn't yes, it? It's it was. the best feeling in the world, though, isn't it? Was. It was. I, I made a save... Against Kevin, Morales, Kevin Morales, who was my Everton teammate, I come racing out to the edge of the box. I was in no man's land. I had no business being that far out. But again, we were getting pelted, and I just went and I I leaned to to the right. He opened up, hit it to the left, destined for the bottom corner. It caught the bottom of my Tiniest stud, but the bottom of my, my metal stud, and it went out. And I thought, should have buried it. You should you should have buried it. You know, <laughs> you just get lucky. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. It um, is. Yeah. Tim, you're an absolute superstar. We've got some quick fires before yeah. you go, mate, if yeah. that's okay. Yeah, of course. Any hidden skills? 
Is there anything about Tim Howard we don't already know that you're saying, what? Do you play an instrument? Anything I'm like boring. that? Boring. No, but but I but I've given three really bad tattoos. So I'm gonna say that's a skill. If someone wants me to give them a tattoo, I'm well, happy to do it. You've done tattoos yeah, on people. Yeah, but they're terrible, so I'm going to say it's a little skill. Okay. I've got loads of crap on you. I, can I give saw me, that. Yeah. You I can saw give that. me a couple more. <laughs> I'm happy to. That was when you were drunk, like, absolutely out of your head, though. Uh, Favourite meal? <laughs> pizza. Nice. Uh, where that? Where, where's the best pizza? New York City. Slice. Better than Philly, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We were with somebody from Philly today who said Philly is much better than it. No chance. No, they didn't. Uh, no, they didn't. They said drink. it's better than West Coast. Did he? Yeah, I said LA. Favorite drink? Favorite drink. Alcoholic drink. Whatever you Both. want. Yeah. Well, outside, I, I drink only drink mostly water. Uh, outside that, bit of whiskey, bourbon. Ooh, yeah. Ooh nice. nice. Um, in the UK, which area of the country did, do you think, having played in them games, have got the maddest fans, the most passionate fans? Oh, man, Newcastle. Yes. Newcastle. It's amazing. I mean, I mean, it's a castle on a hill. It's up at the top, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like fog, fog going through it. Everyone's got a black and white kit. Most of them are sitting on it, and they have their top off. It's 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 madness up there. It's madness. Uh, idols growing up. Idols growing up. Michael Jordan. Yeah, I'm 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 an American kid, and he grew up in the '80s, '90s. It was Jordan. Favorite holiday destination. Ooh. Um. Somewhere in the, some somewhere warm in the beach. Anywhere warm will do. Basically. Yeah, Florida. Yeah, you're I'm a warm I'm guy, I'm not going skiing or city I, break. I, I or do, I do, but I prefer warm. Yeah, I love this question. I love this one. Who was your first teenage crush? Ooh, Paula Abdul. And if you know who that yeah, is, yeah, of course, really Paula Abdul. Is. <laughs> of Paula Abdul. Like <laughs> um, what do you think you'd have done if you wasn't a footballer? Uh, I would work in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, basketball is my first love. I wouldn't be playing because I'm not that uh, good enough. But yeah, I'd work in the NBA. Uh, biggest phobia? Heights. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've got a bit of that, Tim Howard, to be fair. Um, what is the oldest game or app that you have on your mobile phone? Is there something that you religiously go back to, like Candy Crush or something like that? <laughs> Fruit Ninja. <laughs> <or> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, I have this uh, like uh, block Tetris game, like blocks. Yeah. yeah. A te like Tetris, basically. Mm, basically, yeah. yeah. Okay. Best football match you've ever been to played in or been to been to USA Mexico in Azteca oh in Mexico City how many does that 120,000 oh, wow yeah. um the most famous person you've ever met Spike Lee have you met oh, Michael yeah. Jordan no no Spike Lee um did you ever have any superstitions whilst playing football it's way too many to count. Yeah, <laughs> always put my right right boot and glove on first, and then my left. Yeah, <laughs> did you really? Yeah, One yeah. Thing. Always. Yeah, I think most goalies. Have got yeah, yeah, weird, right? weird. Yeah. Um, and final question: From all of your years playing in England, if you had to pick one player to go on a night out with, who are you going out with? Huh. Wow, that's an amazing question. <laughs> <laughs> all the players I play with, well. Ronaldo, I don't even know if he goes a night out, but I'm going with him because <laughs> he's the most famous. So for sure, Ronaldo. <laughs> Just for the pictures. So, so yeah, the yeah. Day, uh, the yacht, I think our night out's on a yacht somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You ain't going to pay the bill either. Nah, You'll be fine. Nah. You'll pick that one up. Um, mate, Tim Howard, you have been absolutely top class. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you for breaking our um, abroad Foscast virginity. Am I allowed to say that? Uh, duck. We'll go with duck. Okay, duck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> either way, you've been top class. Uh, we always finish every episode, mate. Look into that camera and we say, up the Foscast. Up the Foscast. <laughs> up the Foscast. <laughs> well done, lads. Well done. Well done. Ah, well done. Brilliant. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the Foscast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Spotify. Up the Foscast.